when, when everything's digital, this seriously, we're going to be seriously in trouble regarding freedom and democracy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if they're watching every move you make and you don't like something they do and you decide you want to you know, march or be an activist and they know exactly what you're doing and what you're doing at all times? I guess this is a story about fear, and more specifically, the fear of the future, about where we are going as a society and what it's going to look like in the decades going forward. I met Susan Walmsley at a local club in Newcastle. She was leading a citizens group to oppose the restrictions on the use of cash bill, more commonly known as the cash ban. Today's group is small, about six people. Originally from England, Susan moved to Australia in 1981 and is an active member of the Labour Party. Today, she's trying to get the group to come up with some demands and questions for an upcoming meeting with the federal Labour member for Newcastle, Sharon Clayton. Susan says she has always been skeptical. I was brought up as a Roman Catholic, and I didn't believe a word of it even then. I thought, this doesn't make sense. A few days after this meeting, I met up with Susan to ask what makes her so motivated to take up this cause. Well, I have a daughter and I have two grandchildren and I don't think for one minute that this cash ban that says we're going to ban cash uh, transactions over $10,000, I don't think for one minute it's going to stay at that. Would you trust the bankers to run the world? I I find them a little bit um, corrupt. Yeah, so I, I don't want a world run by bankers. It might be helpful at this point to discuss what is in the bill. Initially, the cash ban will ban all cash transactions over $10,000, with a few exemptions. The bill is a product of the Australian Treasury's Black Economy Task Force. The intent is to try and limit the scope of the black economy, including major crimes such as human trafficking and money laundering. Opponents of the bill believe this cashless world will force customers to be bank customers, And remember, banks are a private business. And that could mean a complete loss of privacy as all our transactions can be traceable. They also worry about the negative effects of bad banking policy on customers. Things such as negative interest rates, where essentially you have to pay to keep your money in the bank. Or bail-ins, where banks actually can seize portions of deposits to keep the bank solvent during times of crisis. The bill has also been championed by KPMG, one of the big four accounting firms in Australia with its own checkered history. In the past, KPMG has been caught up in accusations of taking part in widespread tax avoidance schemes. For Susan and her group, only one thing matters. Stop the cash ban. Stop the cash ban. Susan and her group are not alone. This piece of legislation received thousands of submissions from the public, and skepticism about the bill has been raised by high-profile politicians like Andrew Wilkie and Bob Catter. Catter and Greens MP Adam Bant have put forth a bill that would require an independent audit of the big four Australian banks. Logic being that if the law is going to require people to use banks, then the public should have a free and open look at its books to make sure the finances and investments are sound. Welcome to the Citizens Report. One such group leading the charge against the cash ban is the Citizens Electoral Council, now known as the Citizens Party. 
They firmly believe the banks are not sound and the cash ban will be pending doom on the Australian economy and the fight against bailing. The party's website features PDFs, organizational strategies and YouTube videos warning the public about the looming cash ban and other nefarious activities by the big four banks in Australia. Virtually both major political parties in Australia support the cash ban and it is indeed very likely to pass when it comes up for a vote in February 2020. That hasn't stopped the Citizens Party from trying to reach as many people as possible to warn them about the impending legislation. I reached out to the party and spoke with research director Rob Barwick. We are trying to fight that bill for many reasons, but especially for the, from the standpoint of civil liberties, our right to privacy and our right not to have to use a bank. This is a firm that, that is very disreputable. Rob scoffs at the notion that individuals are contributing in a deep way to the black economy. The Black Economy Task Force report singles out tradies, uh, gardeners, hairdressers, nannies, personal trainers, and calls them, quote-unquote, the problem when it comes to tax evasion in the black economy. The man who wrote that report represents a business that does that to the tune of trillions of dollars worldwide. That is what they do. And like I said, they, they should have been shut down for it. That's the real black economy, not what some poor tradie might be doing. That firm Rob was talking about was KPMG, although he is no fan of any of the accounting firms. Not just KPMG, all, all four of the big four global accounting firms, their business model is tax evasion. It was a KPMG boss who did the report for the government that recommended it. Soon after the government adopted it as a, announced that it adopted it as a policy last year, KPMG made a submission that $10,000 should just be the beginning and we should reduce the limit to $2,000. Dodge the bullet. This is a firm that, that is very disreputable. Rob and others opposed to the cash ban believe this is all about the banks being in control. From the standpoint of banks, they would be happy with a world without cash at all. And then everyone has to do transactions electronically and the banks will get the lion's share of that. The Citizens Party is not the only political party concerned with the cash ban. Steve Holland of the Victoria Liberal Party has urged the Treasury to drop the proposal and has the support of many of his colleagues. At a recent state party meeting that was attended by Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, Steve put up a motion that called for the federal government to scrap the cash ban proposal. Uh, and the motion passed pretty overwhelmingly. So I think there was probably only a handful of hands that went up against the motion uh, and the motion passed. As Steve sees it, the policy is just not representative of the Liberal Party's worldview. When it comes to our legal tender, cash, I don't think it's acceptable to be locking people into the banks. Um, banks are private businesses and they essentially get to choose whether they allow somebody to transact using their bank. And I think that is very bad for individual freedom and liberty. While some are scared about the implications of a cash ban, others see this as an opportunity to tackle global problems such as human trafficking and also think fears of the cash limit being lowered are simply unfounded. You know, you're not going to go down to the pub and spend $10,000 in a single transaction. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you obviously might drink a bit more seriously than I do. That was Mark Zernsack, the Senior Social Justice Officer for the United Church of Victoria and Tasmania. In Mark's opinion, getting rid of cash actually is a good thing. It's actually a desirable outcome that whether it's human trafficking, whether it's foreign bribery, whether it's tax evasion, 
you know, at the end of the day, the, the profits that, that serious criminals make, they have to be able to shift them around and they have to be able to benefit from them. Cash is still one of the ways that provides anonymity to serious criminals to be able to shift money they've made through very serious criminal activity where they've harmed others egregiously. While Mark acknowledges that there are questions of privacy and freedom, these concerns do not outweigh the very severe crimes that are enabled by cash. Uh, the, the balance that is trying to be struck here is to make it hard for people who are engaged in tax evasion and money laundering, while at the same time not inconveniencing the vast majority of the population, who frankly, the vast majority of us don't make cash payments in the thousands on anything approaching a remotely regular basis. Steve Holland disagrees with the church's conclusion. It's incredibly broad and I think it's poorly written, the legislation, as well as just being bad generally, philosophically. I don't think, for example, that a criminal, you know, doing a massive drug, uh, doing a massive drug trade, for example, is going to stop to think, you know, maybe I shouldn't use cash. You know, I think that's, that's kind of ridiculous. And needless to say, Rob from the Citizens Party vehemently disagrees. Lawrence, knowing how criminals work, if you ban cash, the crime of human trafficking will still be, there will still be a motivation for it, irrespective of a cash ban. Will they really care that cash is banned? Whether you support the cash ban or whether you are against it really just comes down to your feelings on transparency. For Mark and the Uniting Church, every dollar that is unaccounted for in the tax system is a dollar that can be used to pay an underpaid worker or prevent a human from being trafficked. You know, you can argue, well, that's an intrusion on individual liberty, but that's weighed up against the harm that's being, the very serious harm that's done to other people uh, when we don't have these kind of protections and safeguards in place. For members of the Citizens Party and others concerned with privacy, this is merely an attempt by the banks to criminalize f- freedom and is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Because you, you mentioned the United Church submission, go and have a look at the funeral director's submission. Because <laughs> the poor old funeral directors put in a submission totally opposed to the cash ban because they made the point that a lot of elderly people, as is their right, because it's perfectly legal tender, keep money under the mattress because that's what they choose to do. And that money, they tell their kids, that's there, that's there to pay for my funeral, right, in cash. And suddenly all that is, is going to, you're going to be a criminal for doing that. I gave Susan a call to find out how their meeting went with Sharon Clayton. Oh, hey, Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> In her eyes, it didn't go very well. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it, it was very disappointing because it was clear that um, she was supportive of the cash ban. To a lot of people, and apparently Sharon included, the Citizens Party has a bad name, sort of a synonym for conspiracy theories. Well, she certainly didn't want to hear us, but I think it was because um, she knew straight away that the CEC has, has got this push. And first, and one of the things she said that was very defensive is, how do you all know each other? And uh, it, it, so it was very disappointing that, there was, that she was supporting it. After this meeting, Susan decided she could no longer be a member of the Labour Party. I wanted to know how she felt after losing all her optimism in politics. Yeah, this is a big question, but what's like your big fear going forward? That it will become, uh, we, we're all under intense surveillance. The rule of law seems to have gone out the window. 
Were you frightened of saying anything? You frightened of doing anything different? You're terrified of the authorities. You don't you don't know you know what's coming through your post box has come to your door next. I can see that that on its way, and that is to me the most terrifying thing because you just become you become paranoid, you become slave like, uh, your freedoms have all gone. Susan then turned the tables on me. Yeah. So so what 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 do you think? What are your fears for the future, Lawrence? What do you think? I kind of think my my big fear when talking about this issue is I kind of think the world won't look any different. It will look the same. It will kind of behave the same. But maybe, for example, just as an example, like the BBC or the SBS just won't exist anymore. And so maybe in two generations, like, for example, they won't even really know what, like, questioning politicians really is or or protesting or um, they'll just all go in line with whatever you're supposed to do. It'll kind of be like a tyranny of normality. Whether you genuinely are fearful of the cash ban or whether you think it is a conspiracy, Susan did leave me with a question worth pondering. Imagine waking up in the morning, you have no access to any sort of money. What are you going to do? Because it's a possibility. Handheld Travel is written, edited, and produced by me, Lawrence Hamilton. Thanks to everyone who helped me out, and please tell your friends about the podcast. Thanks.